big, like, flourishy, campy clap that ended with my arms, like, just flying in the air, and I, I knocked my glasses <laughs> off my face. Sorry, right, where oh, are we? You, you are the, the epitome of professionalism. Yeah, you, you are the height of professionalism, I'm, Jim. I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm, I am the world's best podcaster. Um, hello, everyone. Um, I'm Jim Sterling, the world's best podcaster, knocking his glasses off his stupid fat face. I'm joined, as always, by Laura! Hello, how are you, Jim? I'm alright. I've been playing Dark Souls 3. How are you? I'm alright. I've also been playing Dark Souls 3. I'm also alright because, uh, yeah, in like the two days since the last podquisition went up, a bunch of shit happened. <laughs> yes, it did. I, uh, what was it, like £8,000 came into that uh, surgery fundraiser in like two days and... I'm now slightly scared. You're all lovely. I love your audience. You're great. And please, please continue to like me. <laughs> <laughs> the turnout was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you all so much. Um, you know, I think we were all a bit worried about starting the podcast off like that, but I felt like that was, it was very important yeah. to do that. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like it was received badly, which is good. No, so. no. Hooray! I mean, well, like, like I said on Twitter, if anyone complains about it, they can fuck off. But, uh, <laughs> you know, People get as they get. Oh, Bloodborne Hunter's Nightmare Lithograph. Like, limited edition 300. Oh, that looks nice. Sorry, I just got an email from the <laughs> PlayStation Gear Store. I shouldn't subscribe to it because it keeps making me spend money on Bloodborne stuff. I, I have the same problem. But yeah. yeah, so that was really nice. And now I'm like, oh, I have like twenty twenty thousand pounds in a savings account. And I've been playing Dark Souls 3. So I can't complain too much about my nice. week. <laughs> nice. And Gavin, Gavin, how are you? I'm good. A little bit sleepy, as is Laura, from what I gather. Yeah. We've both we've we've both had a very bad uh, week for sleep. I've barely slept in the last week, so I'm I'm I've got in front of me a Red Bull and a cider, and I don't know like which is going to make me feel better. I maybe there's something going on with like the the Earth's gravitational pull or something, because my insomnia has not been this bad in over a year. I haven't had a flare like this in a very very long time. That's brutal. So, I'm sorry to hear that. I I won't be my quick witted self this <laughs> week. <laughs> I think my my insomnia has been flared up just by like last week fucked with my sleep schedule because, as it turns out, when there's a bunch of like support flowing your way, it's hard to like step away from a computer sometimes. And mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. I just I think I just fucked up my sleep schedule enough that my body's now like. Let's just not sleep ever mm. again. It's such so, a very underappreciated yeah. <laughs> luxury and privilege to be a good sleeper. I'm so jealous of people who, like my right? girlfriend, can yeah. just sit sit down anywhere and just close her eyes and conk out. And I, 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 would, I, give, I don't get how I would that give works. anything just to do that once. You uh -huh. know. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. when I get to sleep, like, I wake up in the morning feeling like I've had the shit kicked out of me. Like, I just, yeah. <laughs> I don't sleep good. I mean, being a fatty bum bum don't help, but I've, I've never slept well. Um, on the subject of support and good things and all that stuff, um, also a personal note of thanks from me to the audience. Um, the, the Jimquisition Patreon, uh, has officially cleared $10,000. Now, I know a few Ooh. months ago it said ten to $11,000, but of, of course that was before Patreon changed its figures to be more accurate, uh, because the old figures used to be um, everything, uh, including the stuff that normally gets taken out with fees and rejected credit cards and all that stuff. Uh, so it bumped back down to about nine grand something, which is pretty much what I'd been getting, but what you hadn't been seeing. Um, and it has like got its way back up to like a, a real 10,000, which like 
more money than I have ever made in my life doing this job. So that's been jaw dropping. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hazard a guess as to whether or not some of that was retaliatory support for something. Um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even know say. what it would be retaliatory no. for. I Whatever you may know. think, I couldn't possibly comment, but certainly uh, it's just been steadily rising in support in general, and yeah, jaw-dropping. Fucking jaw-dropping. Uh, but let's get to the real important matter of the day. Uh, this is possibly the most crucial, certainly as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to financial risk and uh, things that, that just basically hold my career in the balance and could threaten my livelihood. This is the most... Uh, Important thing that I've got to get out of the way right now. Someone keeps outbidding me on a Boglin on eBay, and I'm not fucking happy about it. How, how, no. how, how much have the bids risen since you started trying to bid on this Boglin? Right. I keep going up in increments of 10 bucks because I like to flaunt my cash, and I know how much this thing is worth, and right now it's, it's, it's a steal. Some other cheeky fuck keeps bidding one dollar more every time and i hate it that's what a coward (laughs) that's a coward's move you meet me on the battlefield if i raise 10 you raise 10 you sorry sack of shit (laughs) right now it's up to 62 dollars because to be honest i got pissed off and i outbid them by an increment of one dollar but still it's up to $62 of something that I've seen sell for around about 200 So I'm happy to pay up now, to Jim, 200 Now, Jim, if you don't get it, you could, you could always just buy a pug and dump it in toxic waste. That is true. And that I would do a pretty good simulation of a boggling. The, the biggest problem now is that you've mentioned roughly the price and what it is that you're trying to bid on. Mm. A bunch of people are going to hear this and know that there is something that they could make a profit on on eBay that, that's being bid on. Try and outbid. You've given, you've given them all Try. the information now. Outbid so you have me, you have twenty four hours to get that boggling, Jim. <laughs> yeah, get it, Jim. You have no idea how high I'll go. I Fucking dread to think God. how high you'll go with your fancy Patreon cash. So, yeah, it, to, let let's cut to the chase. It's not. I'm not using Patreon money to buy boglins. <laughs> I'm using other no. You're for using boglins. Patreon money to buy a boglin. <laughs> Actually, there is there is a word Jim. Have you ever done a ta- have you ever done a tat video where you show off all um, your tat? I used to do a thing called Alien stuff where I'd I'd show yeah. specific alien related tat. I would like to. I, I'm thinking of doing like little postscript things on Jimquisition because I want to go to the local uh, gas station and buy a line of things called um, what were they called? Police heroes. Um, I'm gonna find the the picture because it's Ashens level stuff. Like, it's yeah. the kind of stuff Ashens would do. And I'd, I'm thinking of, because I find some weird crap out here, you know. Here is Police Legend. I found this thing. They're like the most jacked up looking robot toys. Um, I think they're, um, they're, they're a ripoff of something. I don't know what it is. Some Lego based thing. Um, but it's Police Legend. These horrible jacked up looking robots. And it, the tagline is Police Legend. War for the Inverter Form Space. Uh, with <laughs> invader oh. with missing a thing and form. Um, Whoa, and the, these things look like more cheap and cheerful than fucking GoBots. They look terrible, right? Yeah. I also love the other tagline, which is heavy equipment enthusiasm game. They they look <laughs> which... like somebody like took a bunch of their Transformer and GoBot toys, like threw them across the room and stepped on them and smashed them right? and then awk- awkwardly glued the pieces back together. I know, like I. <laughs> 
I um the one in the photo I took it's on it's on the Jim Sterling Facebook page if you want to look at it. Um I uh the one on the right I picked up and had a look at and it I felt sorry for it. It looks like yeah. it, if you get it home and get it out of the box it'll just look up to you and go kill me. Yeah, tell that's what I'm me. thinking. There's, there's one of them here looks like the time that Megatron and Ratchet got fused with each other on a molecular <laughs> level. And it's like, kill me, please. I've got an image of Optimus Prime walking into a room full of these things with a flamethrower, and it's the alien resurrection clone scene. <laughs> one's Two. just on the on the table, just nodding, and he just sets fire to them all. One one scream coming from two mouths at once. Yeah. So uh, what I wanted to is I want to go back to that gas station. Say all of these I'm buying, I want the box as well. Because the display box they come in is the only thing that has Invader spelled wrong. And it's not as funny if, if I've just got one in a blister pack because the Invader's spelled correctly. And I want heavy equipment enthusiasm game written on it. So I'm going to go back into that guest session and say, all of this, want it. Um, but yeah, there is a work reason why I want the Boglin. Um, it is for video purposes. Um, won't spoil it, but this this <laughs> podcast is officially Boglin Watch 2016. That's that's what I'm trying to get down to here. We are currently in the throes of Boglin Watch 2016. Pog, Pog Watch has ended, Boglin Watch has begun. Yes, and it would have been the um, the title of this week's episode. I would have liked it to have been um, Boglin Watch 2016. However, uh, we've got Dark Souls 3 as probably a more cynical and hit-grabbing title, so... Um, yeah, you, you've got to put ha-ha at the beginning. You've got to be very mocking with it. Ha-ha, we've got Dark Souls 3. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't want to mock, because I don't... Some... No, we just want to mock Gavin. No one else, <laughs> just Gavin. <laughs> but, you know, some game journalists, uh, a.k.a. Scum of the Earth, um, you know, tweak their little photos of their game and say, oh, look what I've got. And it's like, I find that very um, gauche. If, you, if you're tweeting, you've got it because you can answer questions about it, like I saw you do earlier, or, you know, you, you're telling people I, you've I, got some content yeah. coming. Like, that's fine. I, I but... was about to say I did the same today as I was like, oh, look what I'm downloading. <laughs> but I did at least go, hey, it's gone three o'clock. I can talk impressions. Yeah. To be fair, I, I know. I used to do it too. Um, but I, I think once you get to, once you've, once you've been in this game as long as I have and you just get cynical and sick and you just hate everybody, um, you kind of, uh, drop it. But yeah. Um, so Boggling Watch 2016, that's a thing. Um, I'll keep you all updated on this in coming podquisitions. Um, basically, you know, I, I love pogs, but that's played now. Um, you know, I still gotta fuck Pogs on the Jimquisition and stuff. Don't worry about that. I know you all really like that. I wrote the lyrics to a Pogfucker song that I want to ask someone to do music for, so um, that's something to look forward to. But Boglins are just as important, perhaps more important. So Boglin Watch is an important thing. But but I suppose we could get on to the lesser news of the day. Laura, what do you think of Dark Souls 3? Uh, completely spoiler-free. I'm not going to talk any spoilers yeah. about oh, yes, Dark yes. Souls 3, obviously. Do, yeah, like, vague terms. Super, super, super vague. Yeah. I really bloody like Dark Souls 3. I uh-huh. have. I've been I've been playing it on PC. Um I've not had any crashes yet, but I know some <laughs> people have with certain classes. We'll get to that in a minute, won't yeah. we, Jim? Oh yes. Um Yeah, for people like I'm going to answer some questions now people have been asking me in uh, in spoiler-free terms. Uh for anyone who watched that first boss fight from Dark Souls 3, and said that's way too easy. It's obviously been toned down for the journalists and press and whatever. Nope, that is the difficulty of that boss in the actual game. Um, Dark Souls 3 seems to have a much more consistent um, curve of difficulty in the early game, in that it starts off with a boss that is 
still difficult. It will still kick your ass if you like don't pay attention and don't think about what you're doing. But it is a much more manageable boss for new players to the whole Souls franchise to come into. And it's sort of ramping up of its first two or three bosses is a lot more gradual up to the point of what you expect of a Souls yeah, boss, which yeah. a lot of people are going to be really pissed off about. I think that this is the most accessible mechanically that like the opening bosses of a Souls game have been, which I think is a really, really good thing. Which, um, I mean, just shoehorning, the, you know, like like using a shoehorn to just ease the player in, It's that's not a... a terrible thing if, if it ramps back up to what people you know what a certain yeah. subset of, of dark souls fans or you know what the the majority i guess would want i mean for me i've said before like i i the souls games are harsh but fair part of it is that slow considered the fearfulness of it but hardness uh never it never yeah felt like the appeal to me will will give sorry i'm Right there. that gradual curve will probably give new players the opportunity to see what the game's about before, so that hmm. and without rage quitting on the first boss, do you know? Well, this is it. It's it's going to act because it gives you a boss very early, like within within a minute or two, you could be at the first boss, hmm. and it's very much hey, this is like if you know your Dark Souls, you can probably clear through this in thirty seconds without taking any damage. If you don't know what you're doing, this is going to be a challenge. But it's a challenge that is very manageable. The The amount of health you've got to get through on this boss isn't too high. And it basically teaches you, hey, this is how to fight a Dark Souls boss. And I think that's a really beneficial thing. Um, other questions people had, yes, it's running 60 frames um, mm -hmm. on PC, which is really good. Um, I've not noticed any notable problems with the PC port so far besides the anecdotal stories i've heard from jim and others about the uh the crashes pre uh, on this pre-release build for certain classes but like otherwise it seems to be a very solid pc port from my first few hours with it and yeah this is it's much what i said when i previewed this game a while back it feels like bloodborne with a healthy dollop of dark souls 1 mixed in which for me is exactly what i'm after um, how, have, have you been through a couple of areas or just one area? I've been I have through. A question. I've I've sprinted through about three areas, so I've had a look at the first three areas of the game. Is there um, good variation in the environments? Is what I wanted to know because everything I saw so far looked like it kind of very bloodborneish and in, kind of like in terms muddy brown. Uh, in terms of environmental design, there is variety. In terms of color palette, there's very little so far. That's kind of so, disappointing. Yeah, that, because, that, that's like, know. this is the first three areas. I can't mm. guarantee how you, things will go going forward from there, but the first three areas lack a lot of color variation. Because if you think back to Dark Souls 1, the the first um, like the first area the uh, was kind of very blue, then the undead berg was very kind of lots of greens and browns, then you have Anna Orlando, which was just gold and white, and I really hope they, they put that back, that those very distinctive looking areas, because I felt know Bloodborne was uh, somewhat lacking in that. You'll that never know what will come in the later levels. I mean, at least in, in previous games, like they saved the really like wild stuff for much later. Where yeah. then you start mm. seeing, you know, crystal caverns and golden cities and all this stuff. Whereas the yeah. the first stuff the, is very depressing and drab and dead. The, you know? the early stuff very much feels like if you played a Lord of it went through a Lord of the Rings film. 
the sort of like villages you might see that a dragon had burnt their way through or something or had been torn down by some natural disaster it's like it that, reminds yep, me a lot of these of, are impoverished uh, that, impoverished fantasy villages it reminds me a lot of demon souls they're holding all actually. that stuff back for that they haven't yeah. shown that so that it surprises players well we've we've got full code for the game but they're very much saying like don't talk about beyond x point before review embargo and they ain't told my me my suspicion is well, we'll get to that. They ain't told uh, like my me. Suspic- my suspicion is beyond a certain point. It's going to change, and they don't want to ruin those surprises. So, Jim, do you want to do you want to talk about your thing with Dark Souls Three? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a review code. Um, I don't think they know I have. Um, I kind of got it. Friend of a friend fell off the back of a truck, kind of situation. Um, and been loving it been loving it now that now that i've restarted as a knight which yes, so far seems to be the only class the that works um, um i wanted to try one of i'm not going to name any of the um uh, any of the the new classes because there's a couple of um alternate like you've got your usual classes and there's a few more like interesting little additions uh, and i wanted to try one out that looked really interesting and and i was enjoying it until i reached my first bonfire and it crashed and then I reached the second bonfire and it crashed and I reached the third <laughs> bonfire and it crashed. And then it got to the point where I couldn't start a new, like, I couldn't continue my game anymore because they awoke next to a bonfire every time and that crashed the game, which makes the game really hard. I mean, if you want to challenge a not only a no bonfire run, but a no bonfire run and if you get near it, it crashes run is really tough. So that's hardcore gameplay right there. There's your prepare to die, matey boy. Yeah, it it is it is worth noting that the code is, that has gone out so far is like this is not the general release like review code that's like oh yeah we've got codes to hand out I left right and that. center. Games, I don't that, um, that, games that work properly are for fucking babies. Jim's, Jim's not meant to know. Jim doesn't know that. But what <laughs> I, what mode. I've what I have been told is that the code that went out today to people was very much like. We have at most one code per outlet or per place. Like, have this. You can do early impressions, but there's still patches and things to get done. There's quite a lot of things to do before so, we send so this Laura, out widely. So, what Laura, what, what you're saying is you're playing it on the baby note mode, non-crash version. Yeah, I'm playing get as good. the knight, and get, I, get you good. know, I, I'm using... I'm using bonfires, particularly the one that I have to use to progress through the ah, game at one scrub. point. Scrub! Scrub. Yeah, I used I used a mandatory bonfire. <laughs> I'm such a scrub. No, I um I did restart with a night so I could actually get some video footage done and everything. And and it's yeah, like as as someone who counts themselves as I still count Demon Souls to be my favorite of the Soulsborne games. Um, and I think architecturally, there's a lot reminding me of Demon Souls more than Bloodborne. Even I know some people have said it leans mm. heavily on Bloodborne. I'm seeing um more influence from Demon's Souls. So it's got this real, like, back-to-its-roots feel to it for me, while taking elements from Bloodborne and Dark Souls to really yeah. uh, the- give it this this nice evolution of, of yeah. what Soulsborne games the- have been leading to. The Bloodborne feeling is definitely in terms of, like, the pacing, the combat structure, um, the sort of... the aggressive pace it tries to invite you into using, even if, like, you shouldn't be using it because you don't get that sort of health regen. You do get the but, feel uh, like it's daring you. Yeah, like it's, it, it's kind of It feels of daring like it you. is telling you you are a fast character that has a lot of, like, ability to be aggressive, 
And it's like, go on, go, ah, ah, no, you held back, well done you. Yeah, so it's... it's Which fe- it feels very Bloodborne in that regard. It is good. I'm sad that the first character I made, I worked very hard making it look like some weird Tim Burton goth character, which I do with all of my Dark Souls characters. They always end up blue. They end up with blue skin, lipstick on, and huge amounts of eyeshadow. So they look like a cross between Winona Ryder in Beetlejuice and Dr. Manhattan. Uh, and I'm I'm always very proud of my Dark Souls, Dr. Manhattan, Winona Ryder in Beetlejuice creations. Um, but then it crashed and I didn't really want to be a knight, so I didn't. I, I didn't bother. I just put a little bit of lippy on him. Um, didn't, didn't you save your character so you could reload it? I've I've still got it. Yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately, I I you know eventually I'll you know get a retail version eventually anyway and and play it on my own. So I will put the real love in that. This is more you know so that I can get reviews done. And my review, of course, will be out tomorrow uh, because I don't know <laughs> because you uh, any you details. don't know an embargo. Is. Um, well, you never I'm agreed joking. to any embargo, did you? I never agreed to nothing, mate. I never agreed to nothing. Um, that's on them if they want to. If they want to sort something out, um, that'll be on their heads, not mine. Um, no, it, it's obviously, I'm, I'm, whatever happens, I intend to take my fullest time with it uh, so that I don't just rush out a review and, and all this stuff. But Would, would yeah. you like to know when when Embargo actually is? No. They, would you they, rather not know? <laughs> if they want me to know, they'll tell me themselves. Um, they'll, they'll talk to me. They, they can stop Bernie Sandersing me. Um, <laughs> and, and, and actually acknowledge i exist so that's fun um also i've been playing dark souls 2 still and i started getting into it a lot more um and enjoying that one uh, it's still the black sheep of the souls family but but i i got into it some so that's cool um, it gets better as it goes along yeah yeah i've, I've noticed that um, that's been difficult because i'm at that point in dark souls 2 in, in scholar um because you always reach a point in a Souls game where you get confident and you start getting the swagger. Because it's like you've grinded quite (laughs) a bit. So you've got some health, got some ammo, you've got some ammo, got some health, got some strength or whatever. Let me guess. You got got too used to beating the Green Knights and then had to move on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I um, grinded on them. I ended up uh, getting a lucky drop, actually, really early on uh, fighting the Hide Knights. I got the Hide Knight sword. Um, which I understand is something of a newbie's weapon of choice. Um, and to be honest, I wanted to just rush through as much as possible for, before Dark Souls 3, so I was like, fuck it, I don't care about a newbie weapon, give me the lightning sword, mate. Um, so I, I had that confident swagger, and that's the exact swagger I walked into Dark Souls 3 with, because I hadn't reset my expectations, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, hello, <laughs> boss! Oh, goodbye, head! Uh, it was It was that kind of thing, but... Yeah, so, again, in the vaguest of terms, I didn't want to give away too much. I know Laura will have, um... By the time this podcast comes out, you'll be able to watch a 45-minute live stream of hers on, yeah, on her I'm, channel. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the live stream pretty much as soon as we finish recording yeah. Hogquisition this week, and I'll stick it up on YouTube, so that'll be 45 minutes from the start of the game to look over if you want. That'll be on the Laura and, Buzz channel. Yeah, and then there will be a review in the coming weeks of the full game. Uh, the review will be, not to ruin it for Jim when Embargo is, uh, the review will be considerably before launch. Like, they are... The re- the review Embargo is, like, far enough out from launch that they seem very confident. That's like with Quantum Break. 
yeah, Quantum Break's doing the same thing. That is that's that's a it's a strong move as far as I'm concerned. Um, it, it feels like a very confident move, particularly considering that currently, like the game is crashing on most uh, most classes. Yeah, and, and I mean they've been happy as far as I can see because I saw Northern Lion uploaded some stuff. Like they they they're happy to show this thing off at least you know that first forty five minutes or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's. Um, Actually, before this podcast goes up, there will have been a, a Jim Pressions video as well on the Jim Sterling channel. Um, so, yeah, stuff to look forward to. If you if you want detailed looks, then, you know, Laura and mine video, our videos will be up. Um, but we, we did want to keep it vague here and talk more in general concepts rather than yeah. specifics. Because I know people want to be surprised. I certainly, I avoided most trailers for Dark Souls 3. I've said on the show before because I didn't want to. Um, I, w- I watched the new one today and I immediately regretted watching it because there were three <laughs> three bosses in it and it's like fuck why did I watch it? Yeah, that's you, you don't want to do done it. it. You're, you're too close at this point. Um, mm. Gavin, you've not really talked about any games yet this week. Did you play anything this week you want to talk about? No, I I I hit the level cap in the division and kind of went into the dark zone and saw these people with much better guns than me. Then. Looked at how much the guns cost, worked out how long it would take me to have to play the game to acquire the same level of gear, and kind of went, nah. Uh, <laughs> was that, that was that the end of the division? End, for end you? game of MMOs is not for me, and I've I've I, I felt that way about Destiny as well. Mm. But there is no fucking way I'm putting that much time into grinding to get a gun or a, a pair of fucking you know. It's a tacit admission by the developer that yeah. they don't have enough content for the amount of time they want you stuck in their game. That's all yeah. it is. When you've got to grind that long to get a weapon, like the developer is saying, sorry, we want you to play for X amount of hours. We don't have enough to give you for X amount of hours. Fucking live mm-hmm. with it. I don't, I, I don't like it, him. I wouldn't mind if I was able to get some like really amazing looking stuff, but like, as it's as we said last it's, week, the it's fact the division, that it's Tom Clancy yeah. means that you're kind of limited in what you can. Uh, it's you like can you're going to get another yeah. shotgun. Yeah, you can't even wear masks. You can wear masks in the Souls games. I love masks. They're my but favorite. I will, thing. I, are great. <laughs> I will defend the division on one point. A lot of people have been complaining that there's no story. There's a ton of lore in the game if you just take a bit of time there to is, go around and find the the the, the, the phones yeah. and and actually is, I was. I was able to, like, I had more than enough material for the song. Mm. And it is a lot better than Destiny in that regard. It like, is. There, but... is. there is a decent amount of story that's actually in the game itself. And I do want to push back a little bit, because there, there's a lot of story content, but I don't feel it's um, well told or prominently told enough. There's some great mm. imagery. Like the um the some of the echoes and some of the uh, CCTV footage you can find in the phone calls. There's this great optional rich world building that goes on, but the main, the main story the missions main themselves are so yeah. shit. Very so yeah. shit. Like I'm, I ended up I'm... beating the boss of the cleaners without knowing it. Like I ended up so seeing in a loading screen. <laughs> the loading yeah. screen an hour later said this character is the leader of the cleaners, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh, so I killed him. Cleaner's still running around, obviously, like nothing changed. There were still cleaner missions to do. And I I just, no fanfare, no real, it's bollocks. I'm just glad that that supplementary story content is at least in the game and you're not having to go to an app. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, it's a a step better, don't get me wrong. It is a huge step better while still bad. Because it starts off with this brilliant um, kind of live action-y cutscene and then you've got in... 
just after you do Brooklyn, there's kind of the helicopter crash, and you're like, oh, this is might have an interesting, at least a few kind of fun cutscenes. But no, that's it. That's all kind of all the story you get then. Yeah, and then they start out. talking about like you know, I I heard them talking about the LMB like it was the most important thing in the world like ages before I saw them. Because the game just doesn't, it doesn't introduce and it doesn't wrap up things, like important things. And that just, I don't yeah, know. The, it's... Last, the last boss fight was pretty underwhelming. <laughs> and it's it's frustrating for me because it does have really good storytelling in it, as yeah. does Destiny at times, as did Killzone. That's my biggest bugbear is Killzone with the best backstory ever that never makes it into any of the fucking games and funnily enough it's actually listed on my list of potential Jimquisition topics um, those three games um, in reference to games that have really great story potential that never live up to it because the delivery is so off and mm. I'll probably do a Jimquisition episode on that uh, soon in the near future um, but yeah like like the Division has story uh, it just it it doesn't leverage what it has. It it, it disrespects um, one of its strongest points, as far as I'm concerned, because it sure as shit ain't uh, its loot. Mm. Well, for me, the strongest point was the the map. I I had a, actually the most fun I had with the division was going around to all the landmarks that I had visited with my girlfriend in in New York, and I took a load of screenshots of them, and I was showing her, look, look at all these places that you can actually explore in the game that we went to, and. Some of them look really different. I don't know if they like couldn't get the license to use the actual uh, Empire State or the Chrysler building and stuff, but a lot of the stuff looks completely identical. Like right down to, I've, there was this tiny little hotel we stayed in on 38th Street and I was able to find that hotel and it looked exactly the same as the building in real life. That's pretty amazing. Hooray! Um... <laughs> And going, I, going. Oh, sorry. Yeah, going, Gav. I also loaded up Fallout Four to play the automaton. Is that automaton? Automaton. Automaton. I always used to say automaton, which yeah. which sounds cool, but automaton is the one I most commonly hear. Automaton. Yeah, and I, 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 I loaded it up and just was like, oh, I'll just clean out my inventory for a bit, you know, and make sure I'm all set for the DLC, and like just started putting a few signs up in my settlement. Six hours went past, and I realized I hadn't started the uh, DLC yet. So. <laughs> okay, I've I've played a little bit of it, but I've not put as much time in as I'd like to. So yeah. maybe should we should we push that till next week when we've actually had a chance to play it? Yeah, yeah. I've, so. I've I've I was given a code to cover it, and I've not gotten around to it yet. Like I'm juggling I've, Dark Souls three and, and Hyrule Warriors Legends and stuff. Pre pre DLC, I've a pretty I think I've a pretty good guess on who the mechanist is going to be. And I'll be very surprised if it's not the person I'm thinking of, but I uh, will see. Liam Neeson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like what? What you just mentioned, Jim? Uh, Hyrule Warriors Legends. Do you mind if I have a bit of a shout about Hyrule Warriors Legends? Yes, yes. Um, first I, of all, I've got let a bit me of just a shout to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll just give a some because I mean I was I. I Stopped playing it to record this. I've only had 10 minutes with it, literally. Um, supposed to get it on Monday. Didn't get it. Uh, got it today. More of this Bernie Sandersing. Um, it's so far, it, it looks nice. I like that they've done the Smash Brothers thing of giving it like the bold outlines on the characters. So it looks a bit not cell shaded, but but kind of bold, cartoony what? look. What it is works Hyrule well on Legends? Is this similar to uh, Hyrule Warriors, or is it, this a it's basically it's a 3DS Hyrule Warriors? Port. It's a 3DS port of the Wii U Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, okay. it's it's got some added content. It's got Wind Waker characters in it and Linkle. It's it's, it's got Linkle. Oh, Linkle, yeah. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it seems pretty competent so far. Um, it's got, it's seems got solid, link, stable. Lick my winkle in it. Lick my winkles in it. Um, I should point out, I'm playing it, of course, on the new 3DS. Over to Laura. Okay, so I do have a new 3DS, and I've played some of Hyrule Warriors <clears> Legends <throat> on new 3DS, and I'll agree, it's a very competent port of a console game, and it's surprisingly solid. Like, if you are wanting to play more of that game, this is a good way to do it. That being said, this game is not labelled on the box as a new 3DS exclusive. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles, for example, was. You could only play that on the new 3DS. And this is not. This is just labelled as, hey, you can play this on any of the 3DS models. It'll run better on your new 3DS, but it'll run just fine on your 3DS. It does not run fine on the old 3DS. It runs <laughs> unacceptably badly. Like, at times, it's dipping below 10 frames a second, which, That's for a game like pit. this, is unplayably bad. That is not acceptable for a game like this. Like, this this is my big thing, and there's a story we've got to talk about later, because you know there was that story a couple of weeks ago with Xbox One potentially getting hardware revisions. There's a story this week that apparently... Um, PlayStation 4 might be getting the same. They might be calling it the PS4.5 or the PS4K because Keza McDonald at Kotaku just heard developers talking about it at GDC. Like, not being sly about it. They were just like, oh yeah, I just went over to the, you know, Sony invited me along for that PS4K demo they were showing off. Um, but this is my big worry with those hardware revisions is this is a perfect example of release a thing that patently does not work for the base version of the hardware and yeah. don't label it as such. And that is the problem with these kind of hardware revisions is mm -hmm. if you develop for the base and improve upon it for like revisions, that's fine. If you develop for the revisions and try and port down, you're going to get serious problems and it's not going to be acceptable. So that's yeah. my problem. Like do not, do not buy this without trying the demo if you have an old 3DS, and even then, in my experience, the retail game runs worse on the old 3DS than the demo did. That's, the demo it's not ran acceptable. better than the retail game. That It's not on. Like, you can't... Like, I get maximising sales and shit, but if the shit don't work on the old system, don't sell it for the old fucking system. Yeah, it's like... It's Ten frames playable. per second? I... Like... I would be embarrassed to sell this for new for the old 3DS. I would be embarrassed to let people purchase it for that yeah. system. Yeah, like that's not something I don't even think a patch can fix. Something that bad. Mm. Like, how are you gonna get like acceptable from 10 FPS? It's really not great. So that's that's my big gripe with Hyrule Warriors Legends is. Oh, you'd better have a new 3DS if you're picking that up. Otherwise, you might have some big issues come up. Nah. Um, I did. I did have one other game I wanted to talk about this week before we get into news. I've been playing a game that I'm not meant to be playing yet, but that I found a way to. <gasps> um, Nintendo's first smartphone game, Miitomo. Oh yes, I've noticed some people have. I couldn't be bothered, but yeah, basically, um... you create a new Japanese iTunes account, download Miitomo, then switch back to your original one, and it will let you keep it. Mm -hmm. Um. And Mitomo already has a 100% full, perfect English localization, including voice work oh, wow. for English, which means that I downloaded the Japanese version. I've been playing entirely in English with English, like, voice packs and things. So, 
Yeah, Mitomo. Um, basically, if you played Tomodachi Life, it's kind of like the social network of Tomodachi Life um, in a smartphone app. Um, you create a me, other people make their me's, and you can go visit their apartments and things. And the, basically, the crux of this is you, your me is meant to be you, but it doesn't know much about you. So every so often, it will ask you questions of, hey, if I'm supposed to be you, what do I think, like, what do we think of cats? Or what do we think, like, what are we interested in on TV at the moment? Or what have you been spending your your money on? Security code. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, And what then happens is that the other people you've got on your friends list, like, you will get their questions pop up. It's like, oh, this is what they were asked today. And they said this. And it's basically a way of facilitating, like, social network interactions. But it's really, it's it's wrapped up in this really cute visual and audio presentation that's very familiar if you played Tomodachi Life. Um, by answering or, like, commenting on other people's questions, you get the, the free-to-play game currency that can be used to buy. It's purely for cosmetic stuff. If you want, let's say, I bought a cute um, purple, like, jumper... And it's like, okay, if you want, like, various other options for clothing that you don't already have, comment on people's things and answer questions yourself and you'll, you know, earn currency as you go. The currency rate isn't hugely fast, but I've not been too bothered about that. Like, you start off with enough currency that I was able to buy an outfit I was really keen on and I'm like, okay, over time I'll get more stuff probably. The big thing that I'm excited about it is the the integration it has with Nintendo's new account system, which, my God, Nintendo suddenly know how to do online networks. Like, they yeah. actually understand how to do online friend networks now. Well, wonders never cease. So, I'm currently on my, my Nintendo friend list, and I've got my various friends. It says who's online at the moment, etc. Um, if I wanted to add a friend, I have a few options. Enter their Nintendo ID, which is, like, the same Nintendo ID you'll have across NX and your phone and whatever other Nintendo devices. Just put in their account thing and they'll get a friend request. The other options, if you're face-to-face with them, like, in the same room, you'll get a bunch of symbols show up on your phone. Both tap the same symbol, you'll get added as friends. Have you got Facebook or Twitter that you're willing to, like, sign into? It will bring up a list of everyone on your Facebook or Twitter who has a My Nintendo account, and you can send them friend requests. And it's like, one tap, friend request sent. Like, literally, all I did was I, like, I signed into Twitter through my Nintendo app and was like, yeah, search for anyone on, like that I'm mutual followers with on Twitter who has a My Nintendo account. And it's like, okay, these people have a My Nintendo account, these people have a My Nintendo account, and Mitomo. So I sent the people with Mitomo a friend request. I now have, like, 15 friends. And, and, that's and, and like, how how is it to how hard is it to forget while you're playing it that me's look like shit? Uh, <laughs> uh, they work perfectly fine for like for a phone game. They look very like it's very crisp designs. I have no problem with their design in this. So it's like it's a cute, endearing social network that I have had a lot of fun with. I've spent the last week like answering and and commenting on very silly questions with uh, Jed Whitaker from Destructoid and having a lot of fun getting to getting to know him and his various weird answers. It's just been a lot of fun, but I'm mainly excited that Nintendo finally understands how online networks work, which is reassuring for their future. 
Yeah, yeah, the NX might actually have an online service worth a shit. Yeah, it's just a shame that, and this is the first piece of news, it looks like the controller is going to get a lot of people upset. <gasps> have, you, have either of you seen the, the, the supposed leaked images of the NX controller? I actually haven't. I'm going to look that up now because I um, I saw the story going around, but let, for let some me, reason uh, I just didn't look. Let me pull up the link quickly and then I'll send it in the Skype chat so you can see. Um, right. Did you see this pop up at all, Gavin? Uh, I think I oh saw, my god! I saw you saying something about it on Twitter. Yeah, it's what that, is that? It's that thing I've just leaked. Uh, uh, I've just linked. So is it the thing that looks like a PSP had sex with an egg? Kind of. <laughs> um, so here's the situation. This image, and there have been like multiple images at this point of similar looking pieces of hardware, line up with a Nintendo owned patent that surfaced in December of last year. That basically. What this is, is a long, thin oval with two analog sticks on it, um, a curved touchscreen that goes right to the edges of the device, and no physical face buttons. That's taken the piss. That's taken the piss! It looks like somebody fucking decapitated Zach's. Where's I, I, I would be willing to give this controller the benefit of the doubt until I got it in my hands for most of the elements of its design. The lack of physical face buttons is really turning me off. And that's saying something considering that, like, this is the device that might have Beyond Good and Evil 2 on it. I'm like, ooh, do I want this without physical face buttons? And that's that should be a warning sign. If I'm not, if I'm hesitant to buy into this design, as someone who forgives Nintendo for everything, that's probably a really bad sign for Nintendo. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to judge until anything's official too much. I mean, I will just say that, and you know, who knows? Maybe I get it in my hands. It's fantastic. But right now, just looking at these images, whatever they are, whatever they are, it looks like pretentious Silicon Valley horseshit. That's what that looks like. That it looks does... like something a startup company that's going to be bankrupt in a year would tell us is the wave of the future. It, it looks I stand like... with Zach. <sighs> It looks like Apple tried to design the Nokia N-Gage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, that, that is the only thing I can think of, is the Nokia N-Gage with, like, Apple's level of polish. It looks like it should have a vibrator, like, attached to it, so that a dom can control the fucking vibrations inside his submissive's chuff. It looks... Actually, you know what it looks like? It looks very similar to the Game Boy Micro, but just like a slightly larger, more rounded Game Boy Micro with analog sticks instead of a D-pad and two face buttons. It's, it's odd. I don't know how to feel about it. I, I feel like at this point, Nintendo really needs to just talk about the device because yeah. enough like supposed leaks are happening and enough people are getting really concerned that Nintendo needs to get ahead of this messaging. Because this happened with the Wii U gamepad. We had images of the gamepad leak like three or four months before the E3 reveal, and just tell us already, Nintendo. Tell us what this thing is. Yeah, they don't need another Wii U. I mean, they'd survive another Wii U, but they 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 fucked up communication with that system, and they, they really don't want to fuck up communication with this. The fact that, that this leaked and people are looking at it and it looks like shit, 
that ain't good for them. Like, even if it's not their actual controller, or even if it is something that's going to be brilliant, like, they need to start, like you say, they got to get ahead. they got to control the message here, because I'm looking at that, and it looks like it broke off a Transformer. Yeah, I, I struggle to see why you would, uh, uh, why a lot of those design elements would be the way that they are, but, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. You never know with Nintendo, it's like, like, it gets to the point where you look at Nintendo and you think, try hard much? Like, they start, end up being try hard, it's like, like, we, ju- we just want a controller, yeah. like, well, I'm that, fine, a controller, yeah. buttons work, like, that but, might surprise people, Buttons work. You press a button and a thing happens. I just don't understand why, after the Wii was such a success, why they didn't just stick with that formula. My my main thought about this, yeah. My main thought about all of this is, I look at this design and I think, why would you design it that way? And that's why I think this is a real Nintendo prototype or yeah (laughs) this is the thing nintendo would do because nintendo does the things where we look at them and go the fuck would you do that for and to be honest you know they've had successes with that you know the wii of course being a big one they've also had failures with that like it's it's such a scattershot approach to design where it's like this might work this might not but after the wii u do they really want to play scattershot again uh, especially looks, when you look at how well like... the PS4's been selling. Like, clearly people like a con- a tried and tested method of controlling games that fucking works. It and does... we know it works. It does not look very ergonomic to me. I mean, it, it, That's looks, a, yeah, it, doesn't it looks look quite good. uncomfortable it, to hold. Yeah. It, it looks smaller and less uh, ergonomically designed than the Vita. And the Vita gave me hand cramp after a while. Like, this looks less comfortable than a PlayStation Vita. To hold, and that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so I so hope it's not real, or if it is, like maybe it's part of something else or something, something to save us from that. Because I mean, hell, I've got massive beefy pigman hands, and I, yeah. I don't want them around that little fucking thing. I don't want to feel we, like I'm strangling a Fabergé egg. Well, we'll see. Um, the other bit of Nintendo news that kind of wrapped into that this week was that um, there was a report that the Wii U would be ending production this year, and Nintendo were like, we didn't say that, and everyone's taken that to mean it's not ending production this year. All they said was, we didn't say that it was ending production this year. Yeah, that's a classic and, uh, publisher uh, spin there. And e- We're even not if, saying anything at this time, all that bollocks. Yeah, and like even even if someone says they aren't, like, oh, we're not doing that, we know from like Rush of Blood, sometimes companies will outright lie and say that they're not doing things and then a week later reveal they did those oh, things. Oh, yeah. So, a company saying they're not doing anything is never evidence of anything. A yeah. denial from a, a game publisher is never evidence because they, like you say, they lie. They outright lie. Yeah. And here's the thing. If the Wii U is ending production this year, that tells me two things. The NX is coming out before the year is out. And that Zelda is going to be cross-play <laughs> between Wii U and NX. Just like, as you, Laura, just as oh. you're talking about this, something popped up on Twitter um, of people... It's someone saying this is people deciphering NX rumors, and it has Charlie from um, from Always Sunny, and like with his big pages of conspiracy theories all over his wall. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, it's Laura. Yeah, well, I'm trying not to be too conspiratorial, but I will say, like, 
I think if Wii U production is ending this year, it means that the NX has to be coming this year, and it means that the Wii U is probably going to be the only Nintendo console without a dedicated exclusive Zelda game, because it's probably going to be a Twilight Princess all over again. So, we'll see. I'm going to be very interested to see where Nintendo is a year from now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a year for them. For better or worse. Um, what else is there this week? Um, oh my god, this is one of my favourite bits of news of this week. Um, one of the developers of Mass Effect from Bioware revealed a new IP that Bioware are working on on his t-shirt. Nobody noticed. <laughs> so, some guy from Bioware was wearing a t-shirt branded with Bioware's new IP, and he waited, it, like, he wore it for two days around GDC, before telling people on Twitter, hey, did you see me either of these two days at GDC? Do you remember what was on my shirt? That's our new IP. And That's everyone's smart. like, shit, I don't remember what you were wearing. <laughs> so that, Clearly that it has is a like... very catchy title then. Well, it's just no one pays attention in a crowded convention hall to like something they don't know they're meant to pay attention to. And I'm now just thinking like, that. that is trolling on the next level. So what was the? Uh, did, did anyone remember we, the name? We still of don't know. Or? We still don't know that. Know the name. No one's found a. Pi- <laughs> no one has found a picture. No one has come forth remembering what was on his shirt. They're just like, yeah, I remember seeing him around. I don't remember what was on his shirt. Do you remember a couple Whoa, of years ago at E3? Bioware, like, they put out this like trailer for some kind of vehicle. Was it like a vehicle combat game or something like? Something really random, and I don't think I never. We never heard about that game again. It was like I... a new IP they were announcing. Yeah, I don't remember that in the slightest. Honestly, sorry. Mm. It definitely um, happened. I'm not imagining this. Someone in the in the audience has got to remember this Bioware trailer. <laughs> no, no, I think you're making it up, and I think that our entire audience should let you know that yes, they they don't remember it either, and you're making it up. Oh, don't worry. If I'm wrong about something, they will let me know. Oh even yeah, if you're right about it, they'll tell you you're wrong about yeah. it. They'll it's somehow just... sense it before I even upload. Like they'll, it'll get up, <laughs> it'll be uploading, and they'll just pick up the vibes. Gav's wrong about something. <laughs> it's like it's like on the long, you know. Sometimes if my girlfriend's away and it's a long night and I'm feeling a bit lonely, I just make a typo on Twitter. I meet all kinds uh, of people. Oh yeah, you make, make <laughs> fine new friends. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Speaking uh, of announcements, um, uh, Ed McMillan announced a spin-off from The Binding of Isaac, uh, The Legend of Bumbo. Um, oh, I, one of the I popular... missed this entirely. Yeah, yeah. As someone who's act, never uh, played Isaac. That just Legend of Bumbo. It's a very funny name. Oh yeah, yeah. Bumbo, I don't know who Bumbo, Bumbo is coin. or what Bumbo is, um, but it's funny. So yeah, though. that's that's exciting. It's uh, going to be some sort of turn-based RPG type thing. Uh, yeah, I'm up for anything connected to Binding of Isaac. Mm-hmm. That'll probably be all right. Ed McMillan's all right at making games. Yes. Um, yeah. Can we get Afterbirth on the PS4 now, please? Can we get Afterbirth on the 3DS, please? That'll never happen. You never know. I, I, it's I, true. I could never know. I, I hope, live in, I, I'd love I it live if we in could. hope. I would love to but, see it on there. But. Yeah, you make a very good point. Like there is no technical reason why Afterbirth shouldn't be on PS4, as far as I can tell. It's uh, just they did mention to it. Yeah, they did finally mention it's in its final testing and and, and certification and all that stuff. So hopefully, yeah. maybe this month. 
Yeah. Oh, there was a Sony certification story this week that I thought was interesting. Um, So, you know, we talked about uh, PSVR a bit last week. Yes. Sony's VR headset. Um, Sony have come out and said that they will refuse to certify any PlayStation VR game that even for a second at any point dips below 60 frames a second. Yeah, I saw that. You can't, you can't, you can't go down to 59 frames a second for even one frame, or it's like, nope, you were at 59 frames that second. You'll get refused cert. No, that that was good news, yeah. It's, it's, it is like, it's not the step that some people were after, because like, ideally you want 90 frames a second for VR, but like, having a standard and saying we will refuse you certification if you fall below this standard, that's a very good move. I've not seen either of the other VR Hell, the game industry needs make. more of that overall for a lot of things, mm, but it's nice to thought. see it, yeah. Can we get 60 frames a second as a standard, like, or you don't get certified just in general? Can we just yeah. get that? That'd Can we just nice. drop this whole fucking cinematic bullshit and just admit you don't want to make your game 60 frames per second and that if a company forced you to do it you'd abandon all of these lofty pretensions of cinematic they masterpieces don't want to, they and do it on the, that on is the true hardware. yeah well it's not not even that it's like because they could choose functionality over graphics and they choose graphics um even though games don't have to look that pretty to sell well um because as far as I'm concerned, people act like frame rate's a graphical issue. I consider it a functionality issue. Mm. Uh, it affects how the game feels and plays. It's nothing... I mean, it is a visual thing, but it's it's a lot less to do about the visuals than it is about the, the feedback of the player, as as far as I'm concerned. And it's people about, choose the, the visual fidelity over, the, over that functionality. It's about how guns feel to shoot. It's about how, how accurate you are with jumping. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about how you know how smooth the camera swivels mm. when you're trying to get a good position yeah. and, and you you want to get the lay of the land in, in a game mm. like that's when it's most notable yeah. noticeable for me is when I'm moving and, the camera and the reason why this is so beneficial for VR is just because because of the fact you are using your head one to one for the motion tracking your uh, the frame rate of how quickly like your head tracking is being followed needs to be above a certain threshold or you will get like lag between your movements and what your eyes are seeing and that will cause motion sickness. Yeah, that would make you ha- that, that would make you so yeah. sick doing VR at having, 30 frames. Yeah. Having Ugh. a locked frame rate of 60 as like the baseline, it's not ideal, but it is so much better than allowing games like the option of dipping below 60. And this is the thing that a lot of people have been asking like why is PlayStation VR interesting? You can't have a like a qualification like that on PC because hardware varies so ridiculously. Yeah. It's only because the PS4 is a standardized piece of hardware that you can say we won't allow you to put your game on this service on this platform unless you hit these performance requirements. Mm-hmm. Because you yeah, can guarantee that performance will be like standardized across everyone. Let's hardware. face it, even if you did have standardized PC hardware, Valve wouldn't give a fuck. You could you could put up a game running at ten frames per second on Steam for VR, and they wouldn't give a shit. Well, mm. as we learned this week, you clearly could with Nintendo too. Oh, ten frames a whoa! second! Whoa! Oh! Whoa! Whoa! I'm more yeah. wary about VR on on PC actually because um, like if you look at how badly optimized so many PC games are, like I I bought a nine eighty last year and i already have mm. buyer's remorse for it and i want a better card because of how many games i can't run on ultra on a fucking 980 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, I've I've been running uh, 980 Ti for a while, and like I'm already looking at the VR stuff on its way, and I'm like, I'm cautious about this. Let's see how this handles. Even even on a Ti, it's just like this could. This might not be ideal, but we'll see. Um, I have a bit of a story about about VR while we're here. Um, I was meant to be getting my Vive pr- um, review unit this week, my like final retail hardware this week, and a bunch of YouTubers got theirs yesterday in the UK, and then the UK PR company just emailed all of the critics and journalists to be like, hey, so uh, unexpected issue indefinite delay on getting you any hardware and it's like oh thanks so i'm working on solutions at the moment and i'm still hoping to have a review up at launch but they did not make things easy for uk critics this week who were like yeah you're down for a for a like for final retail hardware you'll get it two weeks before launch oh oh (laughs) that's always that's always fun so i'm still waiting to get the final retail hardware in and be like, let's see how this actually performs in this environment. Um, I still want to know if it's going to work in my office. Don't know if I've got the room in here. We'll find out. What what else happened this week? Um, oh, did either of you see this Xbox survey about selling back your digital games? Uh, yes, yes. I, I saw people talking about it, yeah. Yeah. Did you see any of this, Gav? Nope. Okay, I, I will pitch this to you then, Gav. This is how the, 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 the survey asks this question. If you could give your digital games on Xbox One back to Microsoft and no longer have your digital copy, and in exchange, Microsoft gave you 10% of what you paid for that digital game initially, would you be interested? I would be interested in knowing how on earth that benefits Microsoft. Uh, it benefits them because they get to keep 90% of the cost of a game and you get to, like, not have your game anymore. And it's a good wo- it's a goodwill gesture in which they get to keep 90% of the cost of your game. While keeping you invested in their ecosystem as well. Yes, because it's presumably going to be refunded to you in Microsoft bucks that you continue to use on their service. So... It's it feels really weird. Like I th- I I had a look when I saw this survey go up, and I was like, okay, what digital software do I have on Xbox One? And I'm like, would I sell a digital copy of Rise of the Tomb Raider for five pounds? No. Would I sell a digital copy of um, the Master Chief Collection for five pounds? No. Would I sell a digital? Like I looked through the games that were You'd on sell Xbox Sunset One. Overdrive, though. Come on, be honest. I wouldn't sell like for five pound. I'm like, no, you know what? I'll I'll keep. You can keep the five pound. I'll keep Sunset Overdrive on my console. Do you know what that like, game? Ten percent feels way too low a value. That felt like a game to me that, like, had it come out maybe three, four years ago, I probably would have really enjoyed it and played it a lot. But just the t- maybe just the timing it came out with so many brilliant games coming out at the same time, just it kind of just got lost in it. I I really enjoyed it. Like amongst a lot of the grim dark stuff that was like making up Microsoft's launch lineup, it was something bright and colourful. It's and a hella good looking just, game, yeah. 
Yeah, and it was just very light-hearted and didn't take itself too seriously. I was like, I can have some mindless fun with this. And I did, and I really enjoyed that game. And I'll probably come back to it sometime when I'm drunk or something and just want to look at, like, fancy flashing colours. So yeah, would would Jim, would you would you sell back Xbox One games digitally for ten percent of what you paid? Nah. It it feels like a bit of a cheap request, doesn't it? I I couldn't be bothered. Like like for that that much money, I I yeah. couldn't be asked. Like that that's more effort than it's worth to just it's, delete uh, it and forget about it. Yeah, it's one of those. It's like. It it basically becomes you can rent you can buy a copy for one hundred percent of its price, or you can rent it indefinitely for ninety percent of its price, but you it's, will eventually have to give it back for that other ten percent. Yeah, it's, it's buy ten get one free, but you never get to play the other ten again. Yeah, and that's that's not something I would ever go for. That being said, if you primarily buy digital and a game comes out that you really, really want, and you've got ten digital games on your console that you're like, I'm never going to play these again, I got my money's worth out of them, you could get your game you're after for free. And I suppose for a lot of, like, broke college students, that's going to be a really appealing offer. Like, I don't even have to leave my house and I can get the game that I want that's out today. And they'll probably regret it long term, but it's it's going to be appealing to some people. Yeah, I can I see suspect. that working. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm sure people can find uses in it. Uh, I'm just uh, from a personal perspective, yeah. I, I couldn't be fucked with it. It's not a thing I'd ever be bothered with. Um, there was some Telltale news this week as well. Um, Telltale's Batman series that they're doing at some point this year. Um, apparently, you will be playing as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, which a lot of people were like, ah. Surely you'll be Commissioner Gordon or someone. Um, I'm very curious to see what how I, they'll give you... Ch- Sorry, what, go on, Gav. What I want to know is, um, is there any news yet on a series that Telltale isn't doing? Um, <laughs> there, there's is, a lot of speculation. Is there any IP they're not doing? There's a lot of speculation of IPs they're not doing, but none of them have been confirmed as not being done by Telltale. Um, if you liked uh, The Walking Dead, there's a season three of that coming this year. No, um, they you. said it will be very too, different. I don't know what depressing. that means. It'll be a comedy. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to see a Walking Dead comedy. They're going to do a bright slapstick comedy where all the I, zombies like trip over rakes and go, whoa, whoa. I, I basically want to see Shaun of the Dead in the Walking Dead universe. <laughs> Can we get that? Um, <laughs> first, so series, that appar- first series, yeah. brilliant. Second one lost me on the first episode. Uh, I stuck with the second series. I kind of hope that a season three doesn't follow Clementine. I hope that's the case. I don't want another series with Clementine at this point, as great a character as she is. Um, the other bit of news we got Telltale-wise was that um, people have been wondering for several months, when's Minecraft Story Mode having its fifth episode? And like, Because the first four were like three weeks apart. They were really close together. And then it was a multiple month wait for the last episode. It turns out they're not doing a fifth episode. They're doing... A fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth episode of series one of Minecraft Story Mode. Which is interesting, and I don't quite know what to make of that. Yeah. Like, because the fifth episode was called Coming Soon and was on, like, people's dashboards for ages, and now it's like, hey, 
we're going to tell you when the final episode's coming, but we're also going to try and sell you three more, which presumably means that people bought a lot of copies of Minecraft Story Mode and they think they can squeeze some extra money out of people if they do it now, quick, quick, quick. Is this really surprising, seeing as it was acquired by you-know-who? Yeah. Yeah, it's not really surprising, is it? It's just... More, more of a Telltale thing because Telltale are going to keep putting out games until the end of time. The one, the one, the one Telltale series that I know I will spend my money on again is The Wolf Among Us because I really enjoyed that. Oh God, I would love a Wolf Among Us series too. I really hope we get it. I would, I would. That was probably my favorite of the Telltale games. But then I have to delay it so I can finally get around to reading fables. A lot of people tell me I should play the mm-hmm. Borderlands one. I will get around to it eventually. I if you enjoyed um the if you enjoyed the Wolf Among Us, I think you'd very much enjoy the Telltale uh, the uh, Tales from the Borderlands one. For my money, it's the best series that Telltale have done. I think I think it is their strongest series that's out there. It is a very well put together comedy series. So, yeah. I'm just trying to find the uh, topic list if we've got time for a couple of questions before we finish up, before me and yeah, Gabby fall asleep. Yeah. Throw a couple in. <laughs> oh, well, I had two coffees before the podcast, so I'm all right for another bit. I'm I'm chugging some Red Bull and I'm feeling like ever so slightly shaky as if I'm like, I'm awake, but my body is like, I don't know what to do with this energy, so... Oh, God, well, yeah. Well, I, was, I was buying a new <laughs> phone today and you know that like takes ages and especially when they have to transfer all your stuff and I was literally falling asleep at the table. She was asking me like card details. I was like, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> um, okay, so first question this week is from Joseph Guthrie. Which hand do you use for masturbation and does it feel like cheating to use the other? I am ambisextrous. Oh, that is that is a term that you're now using. So, Jim, what what hand do you use? Or fappy um, fappy dextrous, if you will. <laughs> yeah. uh, usually, my left, if only for the fact that my right hand's furiously clicking on the mouse from tab to tab. That is now, a see, good point. I, yeah. I usually go the opposite route, as I have tabs ready, and I use the my left hand with the keyboard. For switching between uh, tabs, yeah. so right hand and then left hand keyboard. See, more that's, efficient. That's, Way I know more that's efficient. that's how the pros do it. Is you have your keyboard on the left hand. Yeah. Um. So, what other questions? What other questions do we have this week? Declan Shannon wants to know: Have any of us ever played pin? Uh, played paintball? Nope. Uh, no, no. Am I the only one here who's ever done paintball? I played, I I played like, Quasar once as a kid, and it made me cry because I couldn't do it, and I said, fuck this, and never played it again. (laughs) I've done Quasar, but yeah, never paintball. Yeah, I've done paintball twice. uh, Once in my teenage years, where I got um, shot in the the face and the back of the head, and was in a lot of pain, and was like, I'm not doing this again. Because, like, someone... Someone, like, tackled me and shot me and managed to shoot me in the face somehow, even with the mask. Don't know how they did it. Then someone shot me in the back of the head while I was like, I surrender, I have no bullets, I'm walking back with my arms up, very clearly not playing anymore. And someone shot me still. <laughs> and then the second Blimey. time I did, the second time I did paintball was, like, last year, I think it was. It was whenever Block and Load invited me to their press event for that game. And I turned up, and it was, you're going to be here for eight hours, you'll get 30 minutes to actually preview the game, and we're going to make you spend the rest of the day playing paintball with a GoPro on your head. 
God. So that was when I fucking... picture you two playing. Uh, I, I have this image in my head of both of you now doing paintball together. And did you ever see the episode of Peep Show where they go and do paintball? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mark and Super Hands are just like hiding in this shed. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much what that's pretty much what we did. Um, I I have a video on my PC that one of these days I'll like stick a first person shooter overlay over it and I'll put it online. Um, basically this, if you watch the GoPro footage of like one of the fights I was in that I've got somewhere still, um, basically we had a bunch of cardboard boxes to make a, um, a fort to try and defend some balloons. I volunteered to be the person inside the cardboard box fort and I just hid inside and listened to all the bullets going off for one match and was like, please don't get through this. Keep me safe. And I... Uh, eventually they managed to break down the cardboard and I got shot from all sides. It was not very pleasant. <laughs> so, yeah, in, in summary, I'm not very good at um, paintball, but one of these days I will show everyone the GoPro footage of me sucking and hiding in a bo- in a cardboard box. <laughs> to um, be fair, that, that is exactly what I would do if I was paintballing as well, Laura. <laughs> yeah, just try and stay hidden. Yeah. Um, uh, what other questions do we have? Uh, Matt Wallace wants to ask, What's an obscure movie that you'd like to see remade and updated? Oh, I wish I'd time I'd had time to think about this one. <laughs> I know. I I, I this are, is my fault this week. Yeah. Ones. Audience, this is my fault this week. I was very tired. I forgot to prep Jim and Gavin with questions this week, so they're we, having to come we, up with things on the get, fly. We didn't get to thoroughly read them and plan our responses like we always do. <laughs> <laughs> like you always do. Yes, exactly. I'm, tr- um, I'm trying to think of an obscure movie that's shit that I'd like to be remade well. Toxic, uh, that that would be for Avenger. me. Okay. I, I have an answer fun. for this. And it was a film from like six or seven years ago that no one saw. It was a film called The Bunny and the Bull. Which was a really solid film um, by, like, I think it was um, Channel 4's Movie Arm and um, Studio Canal might have been involved in it. But it was this film about a man who, after a holiday with a friend, ended up being a social recluse and, like, becoming very agoraphobic. And you learn about his holiday through, like, He'll like look at something that reminds him of the holiday, and then that section of flashbacks will be all in the style of the thing he's looking at. So it might be paper cutouts on a map, or you know, gears if he's looking at his clock, and it's all the gears shifting around. Really visually interesting movie that was very like it was very much made to be a niche art house thing, and no one paid attention to it. So a slightly more mainstream retelling of that story that people paid attention to. I'd love that. I've I've got mm-hmm. one as well. Run Lola Run. Fucking a, amazing film that never really got the the kind of fame it deserved. And and it and it's a, it's a thing that would work so well as a retelling the idea of three different tellings of the one story based on one little event that changes the course of history in three different alternate universes. It's such a clever movie. And the fucking soundtrack. They'd have to keep the soundtrack the same. The soundtrack was awesome. I think for me, any any one film that's been featured in Mystery Science Theatre 3000, but rewritten to include the added dialogue that the commentators inserted while talking over the film. So that the characters are actually saying some of the ridiculous shit that's being put in their mouths by the the people doing mystery science theatre. Um, I would nominate the final sacrifice, which is my favourite MST3K um, 
uh, film. Uh, I would like the the final sacrifice remastered so that the Canadian uh, the villain is called Canadian villain Garth Vader, and one of the main characters asks such questions as um, "Is there beer on the sun?" Uh, I would like that very much. Thank you. There was this movie as well that came out that by the time this podcast goes out, people will have probably all forgotten about it. It was like called Batman versus Superman. I'd like to see someone. <laughs> I'd like to see someone remake that, but good. Oh yeah, God! I'd, I'd like to see Batman versus Superman at the Olympic Games. I, I'm going to see that film on Friday, and oh, everything luck. everything I have heard is that it's terrible, and I'm going in expecting it to be terrible. But equally, I have worked myself ridiculously this week, so I'm like, fine, I'm going to go watch a shitty superhero film. Go watch a shit film. film, have fun. Um, yeah. I, I read. I read Bob Chipman's review of it this morning, mm. and if you thought he was harsh when he did that famous Pixels review that blew up, yeah, <laughs> like you fucking wait, like he's going to do the video version of it soon, and I'm I can't wait to watch it because want... if it's if he's just reading the text he wrote, it's going to blow up bigger than the Pixels one did. It's it's I hope yeah. so. His when when Bob goes off on a rant, it's it's brilliant. Oh, this it's um, it's yeah. amazing. I I, I, I want to see a movie very... where ba- where Batman controls the Batwing and flies it into a wall using the NX controller, and then like gets, <laughs> gets really pissed off and rage quits and like smashes his NX controller. Oh no, you can't do that! You told me this had haptic feedback. <laughs> <laughs> um, question from Patrick Whelan. Are there any games from the PS2 era or earlier that you still play fairly regularly? Uh, well, I do link to the past. I know it's not PS2 era; it's like Super Nintendo. But I do. Well, that. He said I do that like PS2 every... era and before, so you yeah, can I, have that. I do link to the past once every year or two. I tend to go back and do Shadow of the Colossus every year or two. Yeah, Silent Which Hill was, 2 that as was well. PS2, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've got all oh. the time in the world for Silent Hill 2. Like, I, I'm well overdue a play, actually. Um, Silent Hill 2, definitely. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is one, whenever I've got literally nothing better to do with my life, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 like can take up like 10-20 minutes and I'll be perfectly happy with it. In fact, I've got quite a few games on the 3DS like through the virtual console that I like to go back to. Um, Dragon Crystal, I think it's called. There's a roguelike that was on the fucking... Um, uh, let's see, the, the Sega handheld mm. that I remember forgetting all the names, um, but that I, I play every now and then. Like it's shite, it's shite, but it, it takes up ten minutes. Um, Comic Zone is one that I love getting back into now and then. A lot of old Mega Drive games actually slash Genesis games um, Doom. that I can easily go back and play. Doom, Doom yes, Doom gets I, the once I, a year from me as well. I downloaded Doom during a podquisition when Laura was slagging it off and uh, never got around to playing it. I'm overdue that Doom, uh, Doom well, 2 you know, specifically. you know why you didn't get around to playing it? Because it's shit. If the, control, <laughs> if the controls are shit on any version of Doom you're playing, just get the get the one that comes with Doom 3 on Steam because it, you can just use a controller and it's really, yeah. really nice. Yeah. Also, or the Xbox or just wait version. till the NX comes out yeah. and you can play Doom on the NX controller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so you don't mind no. <laughs> you imagine playing face Dark buttons. Souls on that. Imagine playing Dark Souls on that alleged NX controller. For, for all you know, that's going to be like, that is what it's designed for. Dark Souls 4 comes out on launch day and it's like, this is the perfect Dark Souls controller. You just don't know it yet. I, I, now I want to see Batman playing Dark Souls with the NX controller. <laughs> God damn it. Smashing it. And then the Joker going, why did he ruin those wonderful toys? 
If if <laughs> if Batman's gonna do that, I want to see him put the NX controller in like a like a plastic shell he got from Poundland that makes it look like a batarang, and that's how he's gonna do it. Um, uh, the game I go back and play every two, every probably two or three years, I'll go back and replay um, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons on the Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy both of those Zelda games. I think they're really well done. So yeah, they're not as go. good as Doom, though, are they, Laura? Uh, piece <laughs> of shit, Doom, isn't it? It's a piece of shit. Um, oh, you make me sad in my heart. Uh, we've got a question from. I suppose you, where is I, it? you know, I suppose you think oh. "Stairway to Heaven" is a bad song, Laura. No, I think it's one of the most amazing songs ever, and it's wonderful. And I, I took some convincing to get my partner to listen to that the whole way through, and then she read the lyrics and was like, "Oh, this is a really good song." I was like, "Yeah, I told you." That's probably a bad um, analogy. Immigrant song is probably more of a better analogy for Doom, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, David Anderson wants to ask, which dead series would you like to see get a spiritual successor similar to Bloodstained, Ukulele, etc.? Hmm. That's a good question. I know, I like that one. What? Um, what? I mean, Bloodstained I, I, Uka- what? Uh, Blood... Bloodstained being a spiritual successor to Castlevania and Ukulele and... being a spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie. Oh, I thought the Bloodstained Ukulele was a thing. <laughs> I was like, this, <laughs> this, no, this could no, no. make for an interesting YouTube series <laughs> where, like, you have the, the old cliche of the white girl with the ukulele is about to break into another fucking Gautier cover. <laughs> And someone uh, comes in and ruins it by smashing the ukulele over her head. So, uh, yeah, th- those are two games that the people who made the originals couldn't use the license anymore, so they made new games that were basically the same things. Do we want to see that for any old dead franchises? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Cause I, I want to be sarky and say um, Silent Hill, which is all but <laughs> dead now, especially the way Konami's going about things. So, I mean, in all honesty, I would, I st- I'm still waiting for Kojima and Del Toro to just say, like, we're doing a, a, a PT fucking thing on mm. Kickstarter or whatever. I, um, I, like, nice. I like the idea of a spiritual, succe- uh, a spiritual successor to Conker's Bad Fur Day. Because I don't think that character's ever gonna get like come back in any kind of in the way that people want them to come back in. But yeah, I'd like yeah. to basically see the cute and cuddly Duke Nukem analog return in some kind of like hey, it's a foul mouthed beaver that mm. makes beaver jokes, maybe. I don't know. I'm I think spitballing off to, my head. I think we need to let Duke die, honestly. I think his time Oh, we is... need to let we need to let Juice Just die. Just let me die, goddammit. I've had enough. Con- yeah. I can't but be in con- another <laughs> shitty game. But I think Conker's still got some life in him. I think that I think that if you did a spiritual successor to Conker, that could work. Neither of you got, got a suggestion? Um, I'm trying to think, because you know, I played all sorts of old shit that doesn't get touched anymore. Um, Altered Beast. And stri- actually, no, Streets of Rage. I want to see, like, because fucking... Sega, for some reason, don't want to touch Streets of Rage or Golden Axe, and I would love to play a beat 'em up in either of those styles again. Like, like that is more or less them in everything but name. You, you got any, Gavin? No, I'd like to see something like, um, maybe something in the God of War universe where your protagonist protagonist isn't a complete nutter cunt bag. <laughs> I can I can see that perhaps working. Um uh one last question let's go for Mark Fitzgerald. 
Do you think, like a month or so out from VR being a reality, do you think that VR is here to stay this time? Or do you think that like 3D TV, it's going to be a fad for the rich push that just kind of fades away? Do either, do either of you have a, a gut feeling on if VR is going to pick up or take off this time? I will say this. It's got more chance of fading away than being a breakout mainstream hit. That doesn't mean I think it will be either one of them. Um, my mm. general gut feeling is it's kind of, it's going to be there as part of the future. Uh, and it won't be either extreme. But if I were, if I had to choose one of those two, I would say there's greater odds of it becoming forgotten like motion controls were. Mm. Um, I, I feel like it's going to have a higher initial adoption rate than things like 3D TVs did. I, mm-hmm. I think the I think over the next two to three years, it is going to have a healthier lifespan than 3D TVs did. I think if they remake The Lawnmower Man and cast Adam Sandler as Job, I think it's going to be a, 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 <laughs> onto a winner. I my my whole feeling on it is I I want to see like how much do people pick up on the tech once you can get a secondhand VR headset from like this year's batch for sub 100 pound in CEX cuz once you can get one of these like this year's headsets at under 100 pound second hand that's when we'll get a real sense of if this is going to pick up with like the average consumer or not i think but like i'd like to see it stick around i think this is the best chance that vr has ever had of sticking around and actually working yeah, I think if but, it if it doesn't work this time, that's it, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. This I think this is the one chance you get to push VR for like the next few decades. So I'd like to see it be a big success. They're just gonna, they're going to have to do happen. so much more with it than games. It's going to uh, yeah going to take off. Well, you know what I'm most excited about with VR, and it's nothing to do with games. I am excited about an app that's on Steam already that has uh, Vive support called Virtual Desktop. And basically, if you remember in Heavy Rain where uh, the FBI agent had his like office on the moon, yeah, it's basically that. You can have your like your computer monitor floating as a giant screen or multiple giant screens like that you've simulated inside like the the depths of space or on a scenic mountain somewhere. Saw- have have your not drab jewelry office your magic virtual reality office and then i also quite like being like i'm gonna sit in a virtual reality cinema something and like that like has yeah. the potential to do wonders for for my and possibly probably your as well workflow like mm. uh, you know one of one of the huge limitations for me and how fast i work is how fiddly the program music programs i use are and i can imagine something like that would have the potential to really speed that process up. Yeah, well, like, if you're not limited by the physical constraints of a room of needing the space for multiple large monitors, you can have larger monitors where you've got, like, a better view of some of these, like, aspects of, like, fiddly editing stuff. You can have more monitors than you physically actually have because you've got virtual space to put them in. Imagine being able to tell Premiere Pro, Premiere, just put a fucking contrast effect on that one clip instead of having to go through four different windows to do it. (laughs) Yeah, well, this is what I'm excited about, is like being able to sit in a virtual office to do multitasking on some big virtual screens around me on the moon or in the middle of space, or being like, I want to watch a movie that's on Netflix 
I'm going to sit in a virtual movie theater and watch it on a huge screen. And that's a really cool idea. And I'm really on board with that more than I am the games applications. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm pretty sure that like long term, I will keep using virtual like desktop applications from time to time. Even if you can game watch, support you can watch Batman around. versus NX in a authentic cinematic environment with a kid tapping you on the back of the head and throwing popcorn at you. <laughs> yeah. So I get the feeling we're all a bit tired now. We're we're a bit sleep deprived. Is now a good time for us to wrap up? <laughs> yeah, you started talking about things I didn't care about, so I went off. Yeah, I went away for a minute. You, you went away for a minute, and you left me and Gav, who were sleep deprived for the last week, trying to hold the show. So that's fine. We, we it is drift off for a sleepy. It's it's time for everyone to have a little sleepy now. Um, so we're going to go. But thank you for being with us as always, Laura. While you're sleeping, how can people look at your other things on the internet? If you want to look at the things I do on the internet, Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Laura K Buzz on Twitch, um, Laura K Buzz on YouTube. Check out YouTube, there'll be an archive of my 45 minutes of Dark Souls 3 if you want to see that. Uh, Patreon, that's what pays the bills. Destructoid, Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Splendid. And Gavin, where can people get your lovely things? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound. Uh, come over to my YouTube channel, Miracle of Sound, where the most recent song is a Far Cry Primal one, completely in the Wenja prehistoric language, which was a lot of fun That's to good. make. But I felt bad for my neighbors because, like for the last week, they've had to listen to a lunatic next door banging bits of wood together and roaring out tribal chants in some weird, bizarre <laughs> language. So, my poor fucking neighbors. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, YouTube. Twitter, Miracle of Sound, Facebook, all all the usual places. Okay. And thank you all for listening. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, there is, I'll, I'll also have a video on the Jim Sterling channel of, of Dark Souls 3. And keep an eye out for things that are going on in my place, keep, the keep, usual places. Keep an eye out for the full review um, because Jim doesn't know when the embargo is. No idea. It could be, a review could go up at any time, quite literally. So keep an eye out for that. And we will all see you here next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.